Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success, radio show number 505, a new approach to team building exercises. Today, we're going to be talking about why you should ditch the word icebreaker. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list. And all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Aaron Batesta of Laughter Size. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Yeah, great, great, to, great to be here, Joe. Lovely. So tell us a bit about who you are and who Laughter Size are and what you do. Yeah, great. Um, so my name's Aaron. Hi, everyone. I run a business called Laughter Size, and we've we've been doing it for three years now. We're all about creating beaming smiles and belly laughter, and we deliver team building activities for organisations in corporate, third sector, NHS, and for hen parties. And we just get people playing activities and games that just create a load of natural laughter and smiles. Lovely. I'm intrigued that you go across corporate and hen parties. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, it's very different, but it's, it's the same. It's uh, technically hen parties are team building because you're building a team ahead of the wedding. Uh-huh. You look at it anyway, and yeah. it's just same. Everyone being playful and and having games and and just having a laugh. Yes, of course. The natural question is why you didn't mention stag parties. <laughs> well, it maybe maybe in the future, but we've we've tar- <laughs> we're targeting hen parties um, just because we've gone into it and. Or maybe for the future, maybe the future. Yeah, well, I, a recent uh, stag party that happened in my group of friends was uh, younger younger men, basically, basically, and they went to a big old house with hot tub and everything else, didn't leave the house for the whole weekend. It sounded to me like very much like a hen party rather than the usual stag party. So you never know. There might be a, <laughs> an opportunity now. <laughs> the world's changing. We should have been there. We should have been there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Lovely. So, um, so... Let's talk a bit then about uh, team building. We said we're going to talk about ditching the word icebreaker. I mean, you know, lots of companies do have a, a team building activities. They have conferences and they either bring people in or they run things themselves. And um, and I mean, I've, I've run things myself as well. And, you know, you start quite often with an icebreaker and then everyone groans. <laughs> and uh, the challenge is on to actually get them engaged and actually doing whatever it is you want them to do um, rather than sitting there trying to avoid getting involved so tell us um why you think people find these things so cringy so sort of uh difficult to join in with at times okay well that's a bit of an intro like we, we've all been there like walked into a team meeting and we're confronted with someone saying something like this okay let's start with an icebreaker and then everyone starts cringing like you just said and, and they follow it up with let's all write down three really interesting facts about ourselves true two are going to be true and one's going to be false and then we have to guess which facts are true and false and it's going to be really fun and then everyone just looks at each other with a kind of groan inside and starts cringing and it happens a lot 
and well, I want to talk through why we feel it happens. But we did a bit of research and a high percentage of people who we researched just have dreaded anxiety towards icebreakers and the unoriginal and uncomfortable activities usually used. So we asked 34 people, if you were told that an upcoming meeting was starting with an icebreaker, describing three words, how you would make, how you would feel about it. And I think there was 102 words received in total. And I think over 80 of them were negative. And the most used words were nervous, disengaged, anxious, panicked. And it just points to ditching the word icebreaker for a start. So that's my number one job today to convince your listeners to never use the word again. Ban it. <laughs> and, and, and why particularly ban it? Because I don't think you're going to tell me that we're not going to do them. We're just not going to call it that. Is that what you're going to tell us? Yeah, start with that. Start with that. So the word icebreaker has been around. I mean, I haven't gone into the scientific research of when it when it first was used as a word, but it's been around for a long time. And it's it's to do with the usual activities that come with with icebreakers. And, you know, the word icebreaker is synonymous with the 90s. It's like, you know, a baggy shirt and an awful tie. And you remember The Office, the, the programme The Office with David Brent, and there was a there was an episode where they did like a team building activity about carrying a, a chicken and a, you know, the farmer was carrying a chicken and a fox and they had to work out how it yeah. was. And it was just, a, an, a, it was abysmal. And it just shows that's, that's what icebreakers, what people think about them. And, you know, if Mr. Bean was a manager, he would be using the word icebreaker. And we, I just feel we should start by using a different word. So I would recommend the word energizer. OK, so that sounds a bit better. And that's the key goal when you do a icebreaker is to energize at the start of a meeting or team away day. So why don't we go with energizer? I think that sounds like a good plan. So what are we saying that that is then? Because already, as you say, saying energizer rather than icebreaker puts a different spin on what's going to happen and how you might feel as a result of it, especially given what you said about your research. So what what is what is an energizer well it just changes everything so if you hear the word energizer you you're obviously going to instinctively think well it's going to create energy rather than take away energy so there's a there's a game and i've just meant i've mentioned it where two truths one lie mm-hmm. it is the most popular game that is recommended on resources on google and youtube it's been around for ages and that's an example of an activity that doesn't go down always that well so I'll talk through some of the um, great energizers but what what we what we've done and we've tried and tested but if you type icebreaker games into google I know a lot of people will be driving so don't do it as you're driving but if you type icebreaker games there are two the top two ranking blogs are called something like 59 icebreakers that your team won't find cheesy and 70 fun not cheesy icebreakers icebreaker games your team will enjoy and when we were doing our research, just looking at thinking 59, 70, like who has the time to sift through 70 examples? Because even if you took 30 seconds for each one, that's 70 times 30, which is something like 30 minutes. Like what leader, HR manager or Audi manager's time for that? You know, can you imagine going into a car dealership and saying, you know, I'm looking for a great car for you know, motorway driving and the car dealer goes, great. Let me just show you 70 cars that I think are good. You know, what would you think? 
I'd, I'd think he's not an expert if he can't get it down to two or three. So that's why you go and see an expert to get their expert opinion. Now, the trouble with icebreaker research, um, resources on Google and YouTube as well is predominantly they're written by team building experts and they're written by marketeers and they wouldn't have facilitated the 70 games that they're listing. And I'm by no means having a pop at these people or businesses because they're ranking number one on Google. It's very hard to do that. And I know we were talking about how you focus on that, Joey. It's, it's very, very difficult. And the ranking for icebreaker games, which is gets something like 30,000 searches a month. So mm -hmm. icebreaker games on Google gets 30,000 searches a month. So it's wow. something that we're all searching for. And they've achieved the goal. The blog they've written is pulling in a huge amount of traffic to the website. And all I would say is be very mindful when searching on Google as the high ranking articles are not always written by an expert in that field. They're written by an expert marketeer. Mm. Well, anyway, we, we, I'll pull back to what we were talking about. We, like we've sifted through all the examples on the top ranking blogs, and most of them are in fact like really cheesy and not particularly laugh your head off fun. And you know, we've got that research to back that up. And yeah, the, the two truths, one lie games comes up all the time, and people talk about it uncomfortable takes it, it you know that takes ages to for people to do especially if someone's waffling yeah. on and it forces people to talk about themselves um so yeah that's a lot of the research that we've been doing and how much of it is about the 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 activity and and how much is it about the people running it well it's really interesting because that's one of the main reasons why people find them cringy is because the person facilitating the icebreaker game or team building activity or energizer, let's use energizer. They, they're not experts. You know, your people listening who would run them before. Um, it's not on that your KRAs to be an expert icebreaker facilitator or team building facilitator. You've got 99 other things that you're doing on a daily basis that are more important. And when you search for icebreaker games or team building activities, you're doing it once or twice a year for 10 minutes at a time. So people who are going to run the icebreaker activities or team building activities in-house are not going to be expert. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. And then I've already spoke about the, the fact that, well, you'll turn to Google and you'll type in icebreaker games and then all these resources will come up. And it's really difficult because they're not that good. And you've got to really do a lot of digging. You've got to read yourself, read into it and pick out an activity. Now we've got a few resources I can talk through them that we've we've got boarded down to like maybe six or seven that, that you can pick that are tried and tested. Mm -hmm. That would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, so um, we've, we've produced a resource for six activities. It's called Unusual um, Team Building Activities. And they are unusual. Most of them you wouldn't have heard of. And they are unusual because they're not the usual types of activities that you'll probably find on, on, on the resources. And there's six. There's not 70 because we've facilitated these activities with hundreds of teams and thousands of people. And they're proven because we've, it's hundreds of people and they've, they've spoken. They've said, we really like these. And we've gone away and worked on them and made them better. And there's one that involves putting a paper plate on your head and you attempt to draw something on it. So the facilitator would say, right, you need to draw a Christmas tree if it's Christmas or yeah. a smiling customer if, you, if you're talking about customer service. And you've got to imagine if you've got a paper plate on your head and you're drawing on it, it's really difficult and the pictures are, 
really bad. So everyone's chuckling at each other's picture. And what that activity is really good because it doesn't require people to talk about themselves. It doesn't require individual performance. It's everyone's doing it at the same time and everyone's having fun at the same time. So it's inherently energizing because you don't have all that negative effect and it's quite simple to do. It's simple for, to facilitate and you can, you can get through it in five minutes and then you've got, it's, it's funny. Yes. <laughs> I can imagine. So yeah. So everyone's individually drawing on their own plate on their own head. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can pick whatever you want to, to, to draw and everyone has to draw it at the same time. So you, you'd give them one minute to draw a Christmas tree or a yep. car mm-hmm. or a smiley face. And then they've got the right, write the name at the bottom. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good thing to do because the names come out awful or the name of your business that comes out mm-hmm. awful as well. <laughs> give them a minute and then they have to take it down and everyone laughs about it and you can put them up. And then as a facilitator, you can pick out a couple of people that you know would feel comfortable being kind of picked on in that situation and having a laugh about their picture and if anyone wants to kind of get involved individually and start talking about their picture then they can but Mm -hmm. it's just one of those where everyone just does it together yes yeah now I can see that and I think as you say the principles of something that everyone's doing at the same time and as you say people aren't having to think about or haven't haven't got to share things about themselves in that moment as well you know, yeah exactly the, from the research we people have been telling us that they don't like activities where it forces people to to individually perform or or people to be looking at them so that two choose one lie game everyone has to talk individually about mm-hmm. themselves which is also a, a, a real kind of negative is because people don't like talking about themselves in a personal manner well some people a lot of people don't when they don't feel fully comfortable with those those people. So let's say you've got your full team and your full team is at 30 people, where you're going to get a couple of people who don't really know each other or they don't really talk to each other often. They're, you know, they'll say hello to each other and there might be in a few meetings every now and again, but they won't know each other personally. So then to put them on the spot, introverts don't like that. And no. if you've got a group of 30 people, it's guaranteed that five or six of them are going to be quite introverted. So you don't want to be picking an activity that forces people to, to perform individually. You, you want to do it as a group activity. So all those, and I can share the resources you can resource and you can list it on, on the website is the yeah. six activities that we've listed are where everyone's doing it together. Mm-hmm. And it's what's really easy, good as well is if you're facilitating a, a you know, an energizer or a team building activity, it's a hard thing to do. And it's easier and and um, less nerve wracking to facilitate it where everyone's doing it together, and yeah. there's no there's no awkward silences. Yes, yeah, 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 lovely. Okay, so I can see that one. What what others do you want to share on here? Like well, you said, you put the resource on the website, but um, yeah, tell us more. <laughs> there'll be there's some on there that are quite hard to explain when you can't see them, but there's one. If your team are up for some wild fun and the competitive, which I mean, we've worked with NHS teams, charity teams, Amazon, and every one of them, when we get them in a competitive zone, they go wild for it. There's no team we've ever seen that aren't competitive. We've got a game, it's called Head, Shoulders, Knees, Cup. And you get everyone to face another person. So each person is facing another person. 
and there's a cup in the middle of them on a table or on a chair, paper mm-hmm. cup, get them from Asda, pound for 10. And the facilitator would say head, shoulders, knees, and the, the, the people competing would have to do what they say. And as soon as the facilitator shouts cup, the first person to grab the cup out of each two pairings, they're facing off each other, first person to grab the cup wins a game. Okay. And it gets really wild. And the mm-hmm. cups get slightly damaged. Well, that's fine. And there's there's videos on our website of it. And it's absolutely brilliant. We've, we play it with every team we do a session with. And everyone loves it. And as a facilitator, it's easy to... It's, it's a great game to facilitate because you've got everyone in that zone of competitiveness and fun. And you're just shouting out head, shoulders, knees, cup. I mean, what's hard about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just uh, come back from a few weeks of a camping holiday where we have lots of activities in a marquee and I'm thinking that's one of the ones we should implement. <laughs> Do it. It's I'm really actually, fun. We, we play actually, so. so I'm actually currently looking at a rather large um, stuffed dog that uh, was given to my daughter's friend um, that was from a game in the marquee where you had to pass it around a bit like pass the parcel and when the music stopped whoever had the dog had to do a... Um, forfeit so uh <laughs> you can see how the uh that that game will fit in nicely so yeah sorry tell me more about that the game i think you're about to finish off on that one no i was just going to say we we play with children as well so and yes most children from the age of seven or eight if you go any younger you're going to get um a few tantrums but we we play it with all with all ages and it's it's a great game it you cannot go wrong with it like i said these um, it's not sounding arrogant right but we've, we've we've played these six games with thousands of people and from that you get a really good sense of what works and you keep improving and and when we go into facilitate these sessions and it's quite nerve-wracking you, you it's hard to be in front of people and what we've done is we've tried to make our activities so easy to facilitate that it takes away all those nerves so you know all the people listening and, and you're thinking about you know an away day or facilitating something like this it's it's not a nice thing always to think about so you want to make it as simple as possible so what I'm trying to say is that you know if there's something tried and tested then I really want to help you you get to that rather than going on Google finding 70 things and you've got to pick through it and you've got no idea if your team are going to like this or not. And what I'm saying is that they're going to like these games. It's highly unlikely that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like it. Um, another one. Oh, here we go. We'll listen to more. So there's it's called pencil pouting and um, pencil pushes. And you get, you get a load of pencils and everyone's got a pencil and you've got to put it in between your nose and your um mouth so you imagine pout and you've got to do your pout to hold that pencil yep. in and you split your team so let's say you've got a team of 20 you split them into teams of 10 and all you need for this game is i don't know you get about 40 or 50 pencils you might already have them in your office and you need two if you've got if you've got two teams you need two bottles of like water with with, with enough space for a pencil to fall into if that makes sense so you place the cups on a table you get your teams lined up and each team member has got to drop their pencil in the cup while holding it, you know, the pencil holding it in the, between the nose and the mouth. So they've got to bend over. Imagine if you're holding it and then you, you put it in the cup and it's the yeah. first team to win. So all these activities as well, are, you, can, you can almost get from your office, like paper plates and um, your pencils and all the really cheap to do. 
And that that game, I mean, imagine people's faces as you do it and the pictures that we've got of teams doing it, it's, it's just brilliant. <laughs> Sounds good. So let's talk a bit more about why these sorts of activities are important. And I mean, we talked about energizing before a meeting, um, but some people or some organizations have team building half days or days or whatever where there isn't like the meeting it's it's a load of this sort of stuff um and and you know not not much of the work stuff why is it important for organizations to to do this because some people just say it's you know waste of time bit of a jolly why, why would we be doing it yeah it's it's really hard to measure and i, I used to work for asda and george and I used to look after conferences and um, meetings and it was so difficult to measure the impact of a conference and where you're getting people feeling great about work and connecting with each other. It's it's almost impossible to measure. And obviously, um, directors and CEOs love to have measurements in front of them. And there's a there's a really good quote. I think it's from Mayor Angelo. I, I can't remember yes. her name. It's like something yeah. like, yeah. People, people will forget what you say, forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. Mm. And when it comes to the any team building activity where, you know, you've got a team away day and you have something in it, it's all about the feeling. And that's why these activities are, are important. And the tricky thing is how you measure the impact of, of them. But, but the best way is to just to see how many smiles and laughs that you can create. And that's, that's how we measure ourselves is how many smiles and laughs can you create? And yeah, just... A, t- a chance for them to de-stress, re-energize and connect outside of normal work activities. And mm. yeah. What would you say to the people who don't like doing these sorts of group exercises? Because we've said, you know, the sort of icebreaker bit where everyone, you know, heart sinks and they're you know, maybe a bit more introverted and they don't want to share things about themselves. But what, what about the people who don't really like doing, you know, energetic sort of games if you like with other people and there must be some of them <laughs> yeah d- definitely there's a percentage of every group so we've worked very hard to make sure our sessions are fully enjoyable by as many people as possible so if we did a session for 100 people there's going to be probably 10 people that are going to I won't say enjoy it as, as less as the rest but it's going to be harder to get them engaged with and when we first started we did um, a lot of laughter yoga now some people yeah. may have heard about it where you get people laughing and um, kind of no reason you do the sounds now we found very quickly that quite a few people found that uncomfortable and a little bit cringy so we came away from that a little bit to try and put games and activities into our sessions that create a lot of natural laughter and the 10% of people who are the more intro people it's as I suppose as enjoyable as it can be for those people, because I suppose with any team building activity where you go paintball or go-karting or doing a crafty thing or going to an escape rooms, it's never ever going to be everyone's cup of tea. That activity is going to be perfect for everyone. And if you think it's, if you aim for a perfection, that is going to be great for everyone every time. It's never going to happen. So we've designed our, our sessions to, to try and be as fully enjoy, enjoyable for as many people as possible. And I suppose what I'd say to the people who maybe kind of turn the nose up at trying to get into something like a team building activity is um, just try and just, just, just try and do it. Go, 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 go with an open mind. And I suppose it's about the, 
it's more important as facilitators people listening is to make it as good as possible so people don't feel uncomfortable absolutely so what about some sort of final tips for for facilitators i mean obviously you go into organizations and and uh, run these sessions but you know you're providing a resource for people to um be able to run them themselves what what sort of tips have you got for facilitators because that that i think you know at the best exercise in the world if it's facilitated badly is not going to work very well is it yeah okay tips if you're going to facilitate your own team building activity pick something different be brave don't just pick something that everyone would have probably done before or heard about you've got to get out of there and do something different and make sure that you keep it short and sweet the reason why a lot of people find it cringy is because there's awkward silences where the facilitators talking through the activity and taking 10 minutes to explain it and then it's, there's a bit of setup here and there where the facilitators getting things out and moving things around while everyone's just standing around thinking, what are we doing? How awkward is this going to be? Am I going to want to be sick in my own mouth? So you, you want to plan it all, get it ready. So if you're doing the, the paper plate activity, you get the paper plates on the table, one per person, get the pens ready, one per person. If you're going to do the pencil pouting game, you get the pencils ready, get the cups ready, get it all ready, get some music on as well. That's a big thing. Get music on. It lifts everything. And what else? Try and talk for as little as possible. So when when we facilitate sessions, we aim for 95% facilitation, 5% talking. You, you don't want to be talking. People don't want to be talked at when they're doing something like this. They just want to have fun. So I know it's hard when, like I've mentioned, every, you've all got a lot on where you care raising, not about icebreakers, not about team building activities. But if you just put, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes planning in to an activity and get it absolutely spot on, everyone is going to notice and thank you for it. And then when it comes to away day, so if you're planning an away day as a leader or you're you're doing it as a project manager, you've got three options when it comes to team building activities. Option one, do nothing, don't do an activity. Option two, do an activity that's facilitated in-house. Option three, hire a team building facilitator to deliver some form of activity. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, hey, up here he is. He's trying to get our money, team builder facilitator, trying to sell his product. I'm really not, but actually it would be great if you book us. What I'm saying is this, don't pick option number one. Don't do nothing. Your team deserve something. You know, it's an away day. The clue is in a, the, the, the word away. It's away from normal, away from work. So don't be the option one kind of person. Pick an option is mere, it's boring, and you won't get thanked for it. And we we have a beautiful job of seeing people at their best on, on team away days and with, with our activities because people are just loose and they let their hair down. And it's a wonderful thing. And if you think about the impact you want from, a, from an activity, it's going to connect your team to each other and to the business. And then do that from smiling and laughing together. And I mentioned about smiles. Just get them smiling. Have that as your goal. Keep it simple. Lovely. Thank you. That's a really good uh, uh, close to, to the show. So thank you, Aaron, for your time. You said that people could get uh, the exercises. Is that on your website? Yeah, I can I can send you the links. But if you go on um, Laughter Size, we've got a blog section. If you type in unusual team building activities, we should pop up on Google. And there's all stuff on our website on ice, you know, icebreakers slash energizers. And all the games, all the videos of the games and instructions 
how to specifically facilitate each of the activities. So I talked about spending 20 minutes of time. We've done that for you. It's all listed. Lovely. Go and have some fun. Brilliant. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for your time today. Great. Thanks, Joe. And just let you know, uh, Joe Moffat's back next week and she's talking to Gary Moss of Gallagher. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.